It's time for Coffee and Company, fueled by Thornton's on Sports Talk 790. Now here's Nick Coffee. That's right. Hour number two here on a disgustingly hot day in Louisville, Kentucky. Heat index over 100 degrees. And we had somebody calling in earlier that uh, mentioned they were, you know, sweating their rear end off uh, in their vehicle. And I quickly said, oh, do you do you have air conditioning? And he said he did. But it's the kind of heat that, like, if your car's outside for the majority of the day, and you know you come out from work, and I mean it'll probably take a while before the inside of your vehicle is cool. So I st- look, I get somebody who sweats a lot, I get it. But uh, good question here coming in from Brandon, uh, who says, Nick, I have a coworker who has working air conditioning in a brand new car, but even in this kind of heat, refuses to use it. Says they'll always go with windows over AC, no matter the heat. Is this somebody? qualified to be on the psychopath list yes that's a really good question brandon so the psychopath list it's not official but we've thrown out i mean i calling somebody a psychopath is is pretty pretty extreme right like you it's not something that anybody i think would like to be called but the only people i know that for sure belong on the list are couples that go out to dinner and sit on the same side when it's just the two of them. <laughs> that that's psychopathic behavior. I've said that for it's years, and true. I'll stand by it. Uh, John, who's not here today, he's out sick. We love you, John. We hope you get better. I don't really think that John is like a psycho by any means. I think he's a great young man. I look at him like you know, like a little brother, or even like a son, because he's like that much younger than me. But John's great. But John admitting that he doesn't use any kind of condiments whatsoever. That alone was just kind of odd. But to know that he gets salad and doesn't put dressing on it, like if you walk by somebody at a restaurant and they're eating a salad with no dressing, you're going to probably think they might be a psycho. Uh, he eats waffles and pancakes with no syrup. That's like crazy. he's just, that's just, you know, people can eat what they want, but you have to understand that's the kind of behavior that people are going to make assumptions about. So again, I love John, but because of some of that psychopathic eating habits that he or eating, you know, the way he eats. If, you know, 10 years down the line, we're not working together and I hear that he's done some psychotic things and like made the news, <laughs> I'd be, I'd be surprised. And I would say, man, that's really sad because John's a good guy. But then I would also think back to the fact that he eats salad without dressing, because again, that's just insanity. I mean, Hunter's filling in for John right now. Do, do you know anybody that does that? I actually do. You and, know somebody and, and that he's a crazy person. Okay, well, fair I'll enough. Just go ahead and say. Now it. let me ask: Is it because of like a? I mean, is there like certain foods? Like it, some people have like a diet they have to follow because of some kind of a condition. And I thought that may be the case for John. And then you know he just he just said no. He, you know, he, he just likes salad with no dressing. Yeah, that's what that's how she is. She's well, just like I, I don't know. I, I don't really like 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 ranch. So I just I'm oh like, well, there goodness. are a million other dressings oh, you can choose dressings. from. Yeah, and she also gets it without like anything else on it. It's also like just lettuce and cheese. I'm a little confused as to what we're yeah, actually eating I mean, if you're doing that. That's I mean I don't know your friend, but I gotta say that's that's kind of crazy person behavior. So back to Brandon's point. If you have I mean if you are somebody in this kind of heat, it's mid-90s, the heat index is over 100 degrees, and you are choosing to just not use AC when you have it and do windows down, I don't know if that makes you like, I mean, 
in a way, it's kind of like you're a badass. You don't need it. But like, who are you trying? Like, Brandon, I need more information on your on your hey, Robert, did you Is it somebody who's like a tryhard that like wants to be out there, windows down in a brand new car, letting everybody know this heat's not getting to me. I'm a badass. You're a bunch of wimps needing <laughs> air conditioning. I'll stay out here. <laughs> Thank I'll, you. You know, I, I'll stay out here if it's 130 degrees. So you know, I need more information on this person to make that kind of distinction. But thanks, man. Yeah, I don't. I mean, in a way, it's not safe like to be outdoors today. I mean, there's. I mean, I hate saying that because I know there are people that actually had to work outside today, and that's brutal. Because, but like, I'm pretty sure every youth league, uh, you know, fall ball for my son, they can't. They've canceled practice. There's youth soccer in my area. They've canceled that, Um, and it, it. a youth football as well. So it's just because it's it's just too damn hot. So um, we yeah. had a caller just call in and say that we diagnosed him just now because he also does not like dressing on his salad. All right, that's a bigger uh, thing we thought. It's probably John's dad or something wanted to defend him. No. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, John's dad. It might be John's dad, John's buddy. I mean, you know. he texted him and said, "Hey, can you like, do me a favor? Like, can you can you do a call yeah, to yeah, the station? Yeah, back me up here. Me. Yeah, back me up here because I don't want people to think I'm you know a psycho. But look. I thought you were going to say it. Somebody did the air conditioning thing as well, because I actually find that to be more of a try-hard move. Again, I just assume if you you know you'd be more comfortable if you had air conditioning on in your car rather than having the windows down. So why choose to just suffer? And I think it's probably because you want to look like you're look like you're Billy Badass. Look, I've I, there are people who don't have AC in their car, and it's because they are driving an older car and they don't have the 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 resources to get it fixed like i get it like that's a totally different situation i'm under the impression that if i see anybody in this kind of heat and their windows are down that it's because they don't have working ac but apparently there are people who you know that's not the case but i back in two was it 2008 i think it was it was my second or it was my second vehicle i bought a clip and a, a mitsubishi eclipse which I later found out after owning it for years that like everybody talked bad about me behind my back because apparently that's like a girl's car, which I didn't know and I didn't care. Uh, it looked cool. I was eight or twenty years old and I'm and I had a I had a convertible. I felt like I was you know I was doing it big. So that car ended up being an absolute piece of junk. Lemon. It, the air conditioning never worked consistently, and then it eventually it eventually bit the dust. It burned oil like crazy. It was it was not a. Uh, not a good purchase on, on my on my end, but uh, it had a black leather top, mm. and it was dark gray, and it had black leather seats. Mm. And if you know what type of vehicle, like if you just look, I'm not even sure what year it was, but it it was it was it was a convertible. So keep in mind, you know there weren't a whole there wasn't a whole lot of windows in general. So no matter what I would do. I was just going to be miserable and just sweating my ass off because it was hot like it is today. I could go windows down, but keep in mind the windows are so small that you're not getting a lot of air. And oh, by the way, there's a black leather top that is just the sun's beating down on it. So I could go windows down and you know the sun wouldn't be hitting me, but man, it would be brutal. Or I could go top down convertible and I would get more air, but not a ton because again, it's a it's a smaller car, and it's just you know, you actually get way more air in a convertible if you're in the back seat. I think that's probably pretty obvious to people. But anyways, when I would have the top down, the sun would just would just bake me on that black leather, like the leather interior. So yeah, I, I've had uh, 
I have had a couple of summers in that car when I was about 20, 21 years old, and I told myself, look, I don't know what I'm ever going to make of myself financially, but I hope to one day at least just be able to have a vehicle that has working AC. And I've done it, so fingers crossed. Shout out to everybody who doesn't have it and is you know, probably sweating the rear end off. I feel for you. All right, uh, let's see here. If you guys are just now joining us, we did talk a little Georgia Tech earlier because they have named a starting quarterback. Texas A&M transfer Haynes King has been named the starting QB, and uh, he was somewhat productive in about six games last year at A&M, but of course they were bad, and I don't know if he decided to transfer because he wasn't going to be a starter or if he just wanted to leave, but he landed at Georgia Tech, and now he is their starting quarterback. And me not knowing that they did they, that they had a quarterback competition going on at Georgia Tech is probably not a sign of like me overlooking Georgia Tech. It's probably just a sign of me not caring enough to like pay attention to that. But I'm telling you, there I I'm not great at predicting the future, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if we get ten years down the line and when it comes to the preseason window here for college football where everybody's talking about rankings and college football playoff predictions, that kind of stuff. I just think now that we have free agency and it's not going anywhere, in fact, every year there's more and more kids that transfer, I I feel like we're going to start looking at teams down the line and just acknowledging, yeah, like we have no clue. Maybe they hit hit the jackpot in the portal and they're like way better. I mean, look what TCU just did last year. I mean, that was insane. I don't think that's like something you can just – go hit the portal and simply recreate. I think you needed a little bit of magic on 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 your side, and that's what they had. But the question I ask folks, and we'll get to some of the text in just a moment, Georgia Tech is an underdog for a reason. I mean, it's a home game for them, kind of. It's in Atlanta, although, you know, it's not in their stadium. But they are more they're they're more than a touchdown underdog essentially at home, to start the season. So again, that tells you that Louisville fans should feel as if they're the better team and they should expect to win. But I just get the sense that the way we've talked about this game in Georgia Tech, I think there are some fans that truly expect Louisville to blow them off the field. And they may do that. But if it's close and you like barely hold on to win, what's the reaction going to be? I mean, we'll find out because I'll be doing post-game show right after the game ends next Friday. But I hope that doesn't mean that like people are underwhelmed already. I don't think it'll be the case because... You know, I guess it depends on how it looks. Like, if you have a huge lead and it slips away, that's one thing. If you're battling from behind and come back and steal a victory, like, who knows how the thing is going to play out. But I just hope fans don't have it in their mind that if this game is close and Louisville barely holds on, that that means they can't accomplish what we hope they can accomplish this year or that we should be underwhelmed. It's a brand new team. It's, you know... I mean, I, I, just looking at the depth chart projections that I saw earlier today, of course, there's a lot of names that I'm I'm familiar with because they were added in the portal, and that was one of the storylines this offseason is not only is Jeff Brom home, he has really done well in the portal, but man, just seeing those numbers in the depth chart format is a reminder of how brand new this team is in a lot of spots. Doesn't mean they can't be good, but it just may, you know, may, you know, may be a work in progress. We'll see. All right, uh, 502-653-0790 is the number if you want to text in on the LNN Federal Credit Union text line. Uh, this says, Nick, if Scott Satterfield was still here at Louisville, would any other coach in the country have a hotter seat than him? That's a really odd question. In fact, I typically wouldn't have answered that, but now you've got me, you did your part. You've got me thinking. 
if Scott Satterfield was still here, first of all, that'd be sad because we'd be doing the same thing again, guys. We'd be doing what we did last August and the August before where you're just holding out hope that there's a breakthrough and you feel like we're going to get back to where we want to be being you know, a, a, a better program than we were under Satterfield. And you had hope like any fan would because, you know, that's what fans do. Fan is short for fanatic. But, like, deep down, I don't think anybody believes Satterfield was going to get us to the point where we were winning eight games in the regular season consistently and, you know, maybe having the occasional year where you can think real big because you're loaded. I mean, it just it didn't seem to be something that was going to happen. So if he was still here, though, I would imagine it would be because he got a new contract. And if that's the point, then no, he's not on the hot seat. I mean, let's see here. I just found this on Yahoo. So the – let's see here. Yahoo put together the hottest seats in the country when it comes to college football. And let's see. Let's see if I, I just had it pulled up. Where the hell did it go? As soon as you sent that in, I Googled it, and sure enough, it was right there, and now I can't find it. But to answer your question, no. I mean, if, if Satterfield was still here and he had a new contract, I mean, that alone would say that it's, the seat's not hot because he just got a new deal. If he was here and he didn't get a new contract, I would say that maybe he'd be in the conversation. That'd be my that'd be my guess. But no, I think right now, just just without without this list that I just, you know, referenced and somehow closed it out now I can't find it. I would say legitimate hot seat candidates as far as like programs that you're familiar with. It's gotta be Jimbo Fisher, I would assume, because the guy's being paid an insane amount of money. They're coming off of a very underwhelming year. But then again, I've also, you know, it's also pretty clear that his buyout is insane. But if there's one program that may have the money to pay a coach to leave, I'd say AM would be would be one of them. Uh, let's see. Here we go. I found the article again. So warm seats. I guess that means it's heating up, but like you're not in big danger. Tom Allen of Indiana. I'd say Tom Allen would be on the hot seat or the scolding seat anywhere else. But again, it's Indiana. Like he does have a couple of years where they were really good for their standard. And I would say he's probably going to have to have two more years like that for him to maybe worry about losing his job. Uh, Sark at Texas is also in this tier of warm seats, which, you know, Texas is another school that, hey, if they're clear that a guy is not the guy, they're not going to worry about the buyout. They're going to go get a new coach because they're Texas. They have the money to do so. And every year you hear Texas may be back, and once again it's being said by a lot of people this year. We'll see. I like Sarkeesian. I actually thought that was a, a good hire, but thus far it's not necessarily totally paid off yet. All right, so other seats. that This is the mid-tier. So those were the warm seats I mentioned. These are the hot seats, according to Yahoo. Eli Drinkwitz at Missouri. Dana Holgerson at Houston. Dino Babers at Syracuse. Jeff Halfley at Boston College. And then Jimbo Fisher at, uh, at Texas A&M, I'd say if any of those guys get fired after this year, I'd say nobody'd be surprised. And then the seats that are sizzling, according to uh, Dan Wetzel here at Yahoo, Butch Jones at Arkansas. I mean, these are all people that I don't think anybody really cares about. Uh, Neil Brown at West Virginia, I'd say he's probably your best bet. If you know, if, I think we asked this to Zach Barnett of Football Scoop last week, who the who the who the first Power Five coach would be to lose their job. He actually gave a really 
head-scratching answer initially, but then it kind of made sense. He mentioned Matt Campbell at Iowa State, who is like a god at Iowa State because Iowa State has never done anything in football, and now he's actually led them to some pretty successful seasons, not just for their standard, but for the Big 12. Well, they were awful last year, and now it appears that Iowa State football may be the college football program that had the most shady stuff going on as far as players making bets. I would say if it was I if it was a different school, not Iowa or Iowa State, it'd be a bigger deal. But yeah, my guess, you know, I, maybe that is what happens. But my guess, if I had to, you know, if we're talking futures bets here, if I had to take a bet, and I guess the odds, of course, would be a factor here. But Neil Brown is my guess as far as which coach loses his job first from the Power Five level, unless, of course, you know, he has a lot of success. But I think a lot of people think West Virginia could end up being the worst team in the Big Twelve this year. So yeah. All right, uh, we've got a guest coming up on the other side. He's going to join us to talk some Week Zero college football. That is Brian Edwards of VegasInsider.com. We will uh, get his thoughts on uh, the matchups this weekend and an early look at next week. I know Week Zero doesn't feature a ton of big matchups because, you know, it's Week Zero. That's kind of how they do it. But at least it's some games to bet on. And then next week is when it really gets rolling. We've got what I consider the official kickoff of college football season. I know it starts this weekend, but next Thursday you're going to have some games. Next Friday you're going to have some games, including Louisville kicking it off against Georgia Tech. And then, of course, just nothing but college football all day Saturday, and I can't wait. All right, quickly here, before we take a timeout and bring in Mr. Edwards, here are the sports books that have been approved for temporary betting licenses, which I don't know. I don't understand the temporary. Um, BetMGM, Caesar Sportsbook, DraftKings, FanDuel, Bet365, Circa Sports, and Penn Interactive Ventures, which will be the ESPN bet that was just announced a couple of weeks ago. So uh, I think also another, there's one more that I think there was some thought that they weren't going to be involved, but now Fanatics is also going to be added to that list. So those are your options. I'll be able to tell you what option I think you should go with, probably coming up here in the next few days or so. But uh, no matter where you are in Kentucky, you're going to have options. You're going to have different sports books. And there is a reason, and again, we'll get into this down the line when we get closer to the actual date, but there is a reason why you should focus on one and look into which ones you're going to pick because there's value there. So uh, the dates for you, August the 28th, which, of course, is just a week away. Uh, that will be when you can pre-register on these apps. And then on September the 7th, you can actually deposit money in these pre-registered accounts. And I think that's also when you'll be able to actually bet on games at these sportsbooks. But the online, the date where you can actually fire up an app and make a bet is still locked in for September 28th. And it sounds like one of the – I guess this makes sense – one of the big – tasks at hand here to to get this whole thing worked out is the geofencing meaning you know making sure these apps can pick up if you are in fact in the right state and you, and, you know there's not going to be a scenario where you're crossing into a different state to make a bet illegally because I'm pretty sure every state that borders us already has legal sports betting but you don't want to I mean keep in mind if you've got somebody that is you know on river road and they fire up the FanDuel Sportsbook app, and it's showing Indiana and not Kentucky, that's an issue. That means Indiana's taken from us. 
as far as, you know, the handle. So, anyways, quick timeout. Again, it's Coffee and Company. We are fueled by Thornton's, and this is Sports Talk 790. You're listening to Coffee and Company with Nick Coffee on Sports Talk 790. Mind putting on some pants? I find it a little weird. I have to ask twice. Give Nick a call at 502 571 7900. Now back to Coffee and Company, fueled by Thornton's on Sports Talk 790. Give Nick a call at 502-571-7900. That's right, Coffee and Company rolling along here. It is Tuesday, week zero, college football, getting ready to get started, which uh, has me very excited. Joining us to discuss that is Mr. Brian Edwards of Vegas Insider. Brian, before we get into some of these games, when it comes to you know what you do, obviously you're very, very involved in the sports gambling space, but I know a lot of times you, you handicap. You put spreads together, that kind of stuff. Let me ask you this. How often in recent years have you noticed sort of a difference in how you go about doing that considering that we now have free agency season in college football, and there's a lot of rosters that, you know, have been completely flipped. I just think it makes it a little bit harder to know what to truly expect from teams before they get out on the field. Yeah, well, you know, especially when I'm talking on the radio, you know, I have my Phil Steel mags with every team page, and, you know, the last couple years, you know, one of my preseason assignments is to go to the 24-7 sports composite, and at the top of every team's page – I have the breakdown of exactly how many transfers, how many are power five, how many were four stars, how many, um, well, they hardly ever give five-star ratings to transfers, but there's a few of them. And then, uh, you know, for the group of five, I'll note if there's a three-star, because that's that's actually a decent get. Sure. uh, That's a three-star for the group of five teams. So that's one thing. And then, you know, this year, um, and I'm going to be flexible on this after, you know, we get a couple weeks into the season, but I think, you know, when when you make your own numbers – uh, with, you know, now college going to the NFL rule of, of now not stopping the clock after first downs, that's going to you know, probably wipe out about, you know, 15 to 20 snaps maybe for each team. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of factoring in just with a, a general uh, number of three. But if it's like high scoring teams, I would probably factor in more than three to start. But, um, you know, I'm going to kind of sit back on that. I am involved with one total that we'll talk about here in a minute, but I, I doubt I'll be as aggressive with totals the first week or two of the season. Well, of these week zero games, and they typically don't give us a lot of big-time matchups, but that's okay because, you know, we know it's coming soon enough, and now we get college football, I guess, about a week earlier than we did many years ago. So either even though the games aren't great, there's still some action here. And uh, the big game, I guess one of the ranked teams that plays, I feel like it's probably going to be the game that most people are locked in watching, is Notre Dame uh, and Navy, year two for uh, for Notre Dame's head coach, Freeman. What do you what do you make of this line? I mean, I, I remember looking at it last week for the first time, and I was a little bit surprised because I thought that Notre Dame would be bigger favorites. Well, um, Navy, although they did – struggle toward the end of Ken Nui Matalolo's tenure. I, I think he had a very successful tenure, you know, in general. He had a, a number of double-digit uh, win total, even went 11-2 and two, uh, in 2019, but it kind of went sideways here the last few years. But they were losing a lot of close games, uh, especially last year. They went 3-5 and five, 
uh, in one possession games, but they were a juggernaut for our purposes. And uh, they were six, six and zero against the spread in the six games. They were a double digit underdog. One of one, two of those outright and going by their last 13 as a double digit dog, they're 11 and two against the spread. And if the Notre Dame Navy line, the last 21 times they've met, if it had been 21, like, well, right now it's 20 and one half, a few offshores, I see are at 21 and I'm in the process of uh, saying I like Navy uh, plus the 21, but if your number's 21 half, I, I got to have 21 to feel good about it. So by that half point, it should only cost you minus 120 juice. But if the last 21 regular season meetings had been a spread of 21, Navy would have gone 14, six and one against the spread in those games. And they only got beaten by more, even though they went four and eight last year, they only got beaten by more than 21 once last season they've only been beaten by more than 21 three times in the last 31 games and that you know I think can be attributed you know to their run heavy offense that has always burned clock and will burn clock even more with the clock not stopping uh, on first down but just a couple other things about them they've got eight starters back on offense nine uh, on defense now I think Notre Dame will be better because of Hartman I think he's a major uh, upgrade but Navy was decent defensively last year and with nine starters back and their new head coach, Brian Newberry, was their old D.C. So that's his side of the ball. So I'll go with Navy uh, plus the 21. I know you don't follow the gambling habits of, of everybody else because, you know, why would you? But you mentioned Notre Dame being in close games. I get the sense that you look at, people look at a record and maybe this is why a lot of people are bad gamblers or maybe they're good because they're just lucky. But if you have a team that is, you know, losing, but they're usually close, and yet the the you know the line doesn't really reflect that. I mean, I just feel like there's a lot of money to be made for people who who you know, yeah, the team's lousy as far as wins and losses, but when it comes to gambling, that's not what it's all about. It's just about covering. Yeah, and, and Navy is a, a really good uh, example of that. Um, you know, and with those you know stats I mentioned, and and yes, uh, you know. You uh, look at the against the spread numbers before you look at the uh, straight up numbers, especially yep. when you're trying to you know look for an underdog that's catching a lot of points. As someone who is still relatively new to the sports gambling space, meaning you know the last three or four years, I I was I remember being at a sports book across the river in Indiana, and there was somebody that was I don't remember what team it was, but they were just talking about how good they've been to them and just really talking them up. And sure enough, I look at the record, they were like one and eight. But yet, you know, against the spread, they were pretty good. And it just hit me that, you know what, when it comes to wagers, the scoreboard, you know, it matters, but it's really just about the difference. So, yeah, um, let's talk this other game that I think is probably in the top tier of the week zero games. That's Vandy and Hawaii. Um, what do you what do you make of this uh, this matchup here? It seems like I feel like these two teams have played to kick it off like for the last three or four years. Yeah, so right now we've got Vandy as minus 17 or 17 and a half. Looks like there's more 17 and a half. Uh, actually, a lot more 17 and a half uh, than 17. And the total, anywhere in the 55 uh, to 56 range. So here's the over-under that I referenced that I, I'm going with um, this week. I, I like it over 55. Uh, it's my favorite play of the week. And I, and I do like Navy. Uh, but I have a healthy amount of respect for Sam Hartman, and I'm sure that offense would be better. This is the one I like the best uh, for money management purposes. And I like it over 55. I would like it all the way to 56. If it got to 56 and a half, which it may do, I would buy the half point to 56 because 56 is a key number for a total being a multiple of seven. Um, look, we've got two really bad 
uh, defenses. Vandy uh, gave up 36 points per game last year. Hawaii gave up 34.7 points per game uh, last year. The Commodores had 55 combined points in 10 of their 12 games last year. I think Clark Lee found his QB, the present and the future, and A.J. Swan, who has a true freshman last year, 10 touchdown passes compared to only two interceptions. Pretty good. And he got most of his playing time against SEC competition. Uh, Mike Wright was the starter early in the year. And uh, Will Shepard was a breakout star last year. He had 60 catches, 776 yards, and nine touchdowns. And most publications have him a season second team All-SEC. It does not hurt our cause that one of Andy's best players on defense, Christian James, started all 12 games last year, six and a half tackles uh, for loss. He is out with an injury, and another starter on the D-line is listed as questionable. So all those things help our uh, cause there. And it was a 63-10 to 10 game last year, by the way, for 73 combined. And the total last year was 54-and-a-half. So it was a real similar number last year, and it flew over. You've convinced me. Uh, let's root for some points in this Vandy-Hawaii game. I'm with you. All right, so New Mexico State and Louisiana Tech are two teams you were – you're looking at for a teaser here. Tell us what you like in these uh, these these matchups. Okay, so La Tech is minus eleven uh, at most books against FIU. La Tech got Hank Bachmeyer out of the portal, and Bachmeyer uh, was a really cu- good uh, QB at Boise State, but he got early, hurt early in the year last season, and, and Taylor Green really emerged at Boise. And you know, Bachmeyer went through a coaching change when Harson left. So I think he kind of saw the writing on the wall and wanted to make sure he went somewhere where he was going to be the starter for sure in a pass-happy offense like Sonny Cumbie uh, runs. So I think they've got the second-best QB in Conference USA uh, behind only Austin Reed at Western Kentucky, who led the nation in passing yards. So I feel good about uh, La Tech, but their star running back, Marquise Crosby, 918 rushing yards, nine touchdowns, 5.0 yards per carry. He is out with a foot injury this week so that made me hesitant to lay the points and i i think fiu with with guy or um with mcintyre there the former colorado coach um i, I think he's a better coach than cumby so I, i'm not gonna lay uh the 11 but i think we'll be okay in a teaser with la tech at home and let's pair him with new mexico state uh who is six and a half uh in most books against a umass team that's awful in new mexico state was vastly improved last year under Jerry Kill, the former uh, Minnesota head coach. They went from two and ten uh, to seven and six. They've got nine starters back on offense, and UMass was probably the number one thirty-one team out of one hundred thirty-one FBS teams last year. They were one and eleven. Their only win against Stony Brook, and they only had one one possession loss. So they were getting killed. And uh, I like New Mexico State. And I might end up, just because I'm a, a bit of a, you know, degenerate, and it's weak. That's what we do, I man. That's what we do. <laughs> yeah, and, and we, we should know if we're uh, winning the Navy bet by the time this one kicks off. So I may fire on New Mexico State minus the six and a half. Um, but right now I'm just doing them in a teaser with LaTeX. I know we're going to hopefully talk about it next week, but many more games. Anything on your uh... – Anything that you've been already looking ahead to for uh, for week one? Yeah, I, I'm on uh, LSU, um, and as I try to find that game, okay, yeah, it's been kind of bouncing around all the all over the place this summer from two to three. It looks like it's two and a half at most books, even though the game is in Orlando, 
and FSU is going to be really good. Um, FSU's got revenge on its mind, and I think they're uh, going to be better. Um, a couple other uh, – I'm looking at South Carolina, but I think you can be patient with that. It's two and a half. Maybe it'll get to three uh, for us. Uh, and I want to see if Juice Wells is definitely playing. Uh, he's kind of questionable right now, and he is their stud uh, receiver. Um, but I, I'll throw a few more out at you. Um, I took Carson Beck at 25-1 to 1 to win the Heisman, the Georgia QB. Um, whether he's having a monster year or not, they're going to probably win their first 10 games by double digits and be going into Knoxville, and he's going to be, as long as he stays healthy, the starter uh, for the number one team in the nation. So holding a 25 to one ticket going into the next to the last week of the regular season with two spotlight games coming up, that being at Tennessee that week. And then the game in Atlanta, presuming uh, Tennessee doesn't, you know, steal the SEC East from them. So that's one ticket I've got. Um, I also played a few 16 to one to win the CFP, but that number's long gone. And in fact, the, the number of Beck is probably more like 20 to one rather than 25. And LSU's down to 10 or 11 to 1. And I don't know that they're worth it. I don't have, like, a ton of confidence in them. I just do think they're going to win the SEC West. It, it, I, when I say I don't have a ton of confidence in them winning it all, but it, if they get to the playoff, if I'm holding a 16 to 1 ticket, I'll be able to hedge and, and make sure I make a profit. So I don't know that it's 10 to 1 or 11 to 1 would be worth it. All right, last question for you. When it comes to uh, win totals, we're getting it started, but obviously their win totals have been out there for a while now. Is there one that you feel the most confident in? Uh, I'll just throw four at you real quick and without much explanation because I know we're low on time. Okay. Wisconsin over 8.5, Arkansas over 6.5, LSU over 9.5, and, and Ole Miss over 7.5. There's four. Um probably say I like Arkansas and Wisconsin the best, but I, I like Ole Miss and LSU a pretty good amount as well. Brian, you are the man. Enjoy week zero, my friend, and we'll talk soon, all right? Thanks, Nate. Appreciate you having me. All right, that's Brian Edwards from Vegas Insider. Man, I uh, I could I could do that all day. Talking, I mean, again, it's one of those things that sports betting is not something I would say that I'm great at. In fact, when it comes to college football, I lose a lot more than I win. Uh, and I guess that's really the case on anything I, I bet on. But it's just, it enhances the overall experience of watching sports. And uh, I can't wait to play some bets. And I'm certainly going to tail some of those uh, wagers that Brian just mentioned. All right, we got to run. We'll have a very short segment on the other side. And then we will be back for a loaded 5 o'clock hour right here, Sports Talk 790. You're listening to Coffee and Company with Nick Coffee on Sports Talk 790. I have a microphone and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! Give Nick a call at 502-571-7900. Now back to Coffee and Company, fueled by Thornton's. On Sports Talk 790, give Nick a call at 502-571-7900. That's right. We are wrapping up the 4 o'clock hour here on a Tuesday afternoon. Going to be a short segment because, again, clock management is uh, not my strength. But we've got a loaded 5 o'clock hour coming your way where we will uh, try to get to as much as, you know, this is one of those things where sometimes the show just goes in a direction that I wasn't intending, which, of course, I think today the example of that would be another conversation about the psychopath list, which 
I'm, I, I've made the decision. I'm not going to say that if you have air conditioning in your vehicle and it works great and you just choose not to use it in this kind of heat because you just want to have the windows down, I think you're probably a tryhard. I think you're probably choosing to be uncomfortable so you can look like a badass, but I don't know if that makes you a psychopath. So a lot of people on the text line sharing their thoughts on that. So anyways, here's what we need to get into in the 5 o'clock hour. We'll give you the latest on the ACC expansion it seemed as if yesterday everybody assumed that was going to happen and now not so much uh also we will look at uh we will look at the column i mentioned earlier from brooks holton who works for the cj in regards to what is fair when it comes to the patience level for kenny Payne here at louisville also here's some breaking news that i feel like is a big deal and i don't think this information was out there until just recently, and that is that they have announced the field for the Battle for Atlantis next season, right? So it'll be 2024 in November, and Louisville is in the mix. I, I'm learning that for the first time. Maybe you guys already knew that, but it'll be Arizona, Gonzaga, Indiana, Louisville, Creighton, West Virginia, Oklahoma, and Davidson. That's a loaded field. Um, here's to hoping Louisville's in a much better situation at that point than they, they are right now. Uh, and... What else do we need to get into? This is one of those things that, like, it's just out there, and it's not time-sensitive, but the musician that has taken the world by storm, Oliver Anthony is his name. Some of you may know who I'm talking about. He's that redheaded guy who was singing about something in Virginia, and it blew up. And uh, I, I don't usually buy into conspiracy theories, but I went down a wormhole and absolutely think this guy is an industry plant and that alone fascinates me as to how that works so again that may be something we say for down the line but we are loaded the rest of the way and you guys can be a part of the show too give us a call 502-571-7900 text in on the lnn federal credit union text line 502-653-0790 coffee and company fueled by thornton's hour number three coming up next right here on sports talk 790